This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, my Clock Dodger family. Listen, guys, Daily Fantasy Sports is a huge part of my life. I use the No Halftime app. It's our sponsor for the Clock Dodgers podcast for as long as you can remember, as long as I can remember. Now, Daily Fantasy Sports on No Halftime is a little bit different. It's player versus player challenges. You can accept challenges globally. You can do it against your friends, your family, you know, however you want to do it, or against that guy that talks a little bit too much junk, if we're being honest. But listen, I have a new promo code for you guys. It's Clock 100, C-L-O-C-K 100, the bonus is a little bit different. What happens is these guys, I'm, I'm trying to get you guys a little more money in a little different fashion. So they're going to match up to $100 of your deposit, of your first deposit. And it's going to trickle in a little trickle in effect. But what happens is, you know, the more you play, the more you get into it, the better you get, the more you keep taking other people's money and winning that, winning them games, they're going to keep matching that $100, that first $100 that you put in up to $100. Make sure we got that right. They're going to keep giving you $100. They're going to match that first $100. Um, again, no halftime. Get them on, the, on your iPhone app, on your Android Android app, visit nohalftime.com. But the important part is use the promo code CLOCK100, C-L-O-C-K-100. Let's keep it simple. Let's go. Are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Episode 44 of the Clock Dodgers podcast. This is a fantasy episode. I am your host, Neil. I got my boy, Adam, with me. How are you doing tonight, Adam? Uh, doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. We're making this our little trend every Thursday during the Thursday night game. We're recording the podcast for the people. So right now, basically, we're watching AJ Green. I mean, that's pretty much it, right? Oh, yeah, that and uh, watching um, Mike Nugent yeah. tilt me super hardcore. <laughs> I think he's kicked five field goals so far, and I uh, I benched him in one of my premier lineups a uh, good five minutes before kickoff. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm having a lot of fun over yeah, here. Yeah, if you're an AJ Green owner, a Mike Nugent owner, or one of those people who started Kenny Stills, you're happy right now. If you own anybody else, you're pretty much like, eh, whatever. Um, so it's one of those games, man. It's how Thursday nights are a lot of times, but it's football, so we're satisfied. Um, so let's kind of just go right into this. I want to, you know, open up with the news, the headlines, the kind of, you know, some of the hot things that are being talked about right now. Obviously, the biggest news that happened today is our boy Gordon is going to rehab. So, you know, everyone thought he was going to, you know, start playing again here soon. And, you know, he's come, you know, he's bounced back from, you know, being suspended for a year, all this kind of stuff. He looked pretty good in the preseason when he played. 
and he's he, he's made obviously a personal decision here. I mean, I don't think that his hand was forced. I don't know. I, I haven't I haven't heard anything yet that he like failed the drug test or anything like that. But um, it sounds like it's a personal decision that he's just maybe not ready, you know, to to take this on, you know, the NFL, and he has plenty of time to do that whenever he is ready. Um, and I and I, and I see a lot of people upset about it, but I think it's one of those things where. Um, you can't really be upset about it. You know what I mean? It's like hum- humans over fancy football players. You know what I mean, like it's just the way it is, and I'm happy for them. Um, I hope it works out. But how, how do you, you know, how, how do you see the, the Twitter verse and everybody reacting to this? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, yeah, I, ho- I hope he gets his life right. I mean, uh, unfortunately, regardless of what everybody's perspective is on the situation, if he feels like he needs to go into rehab, then he needs to go into rehab and. Hopefully this is the thing that he needs to get his life back on track, regardless of if football's on his future or not. I mean, the only thing that is so, I, I guess, befuddling to me is this is a guy who, you know, was suspended for a failed drug test almost two years ago now, and that was for marijuana. So I don't know a lot of people who are going to rehab for marijuana. I wonder if anything else is involved that is not being made public or if it's more alcohol abuse than anything else. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I hope he gets his head right. I, I hope he gets, you know, any sort of support that he needs and, you know, he's able to hopefully come back at some point in time and have some semblance of a football career. But if not, just, you know, be able to create a good future for himself because I think that's the most important thing. And I know a lot of people on Twitter, I feel like are, are overreacting a little bit and getting, you know, that, sort of fantasy reaction that i hate where they blame yeah. players for the fact that you know the they're doing they're human <laughs> yeah exactly it, it's so frustrating to uh to see that because ultimately i mean we're, we're all playing a game here and uh so are they and i mean if uh if he needs to go to rehab to you know get his life back on track that's the most important thing football can wait and uh hopefully uh it's there for him when he you know, gets out. Yeah. If anything, you know, <clears throat> you know, we have, you know, people who, who look up to athletes who, um, inspire to be athletes, all these kind of things. And, um, you know, when you see something like the Gordon situation, it, it makes, you know, when, when we look at, you know, these athletes, we give them these cool nicknames and, um, we see like these superhero abilities. And, um, when you see a situation like Gordon, I think it makes him, you know, makes them human. It makes them more relatable um, because we all know people who have demons. We all know people who deal with addiction or, you know, substance abuse or whatever the case is. Um, so I think, you know, the Gordon situation could actually be more of a learning tool, um, than anything, you know, I, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're we do a lot of fancy football talk here, but, you know, just from, just from a human standpoint, you know, there's a lot to learn here It's a guy who maybe could be an inspiration to people outside of football because of it, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta think that, if the story ends well, it's a good story, you know, and there's a lot that people can learn from him, a lot that people can grow from him. Um, and hopefully, like I said, I, I'm rooting for the guy. I know you're rooting for the guy. Wh- whoever isn't is crazy. But um, it's definitely interesting because, like you said, he's been gone for so long and then he's had this, you know, four or four game suspension before the season started. It's like, you know, was he not going to rehab before all this? You know what I mean? Like, is this just a out of the blue type of thing or like, you know, a panic move of some sort? Like he just felt like it's here and I can't handle it now. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of a, a weird timing as far as that goes. But again, who are we to judge that? You know? So, yeah, I feel like there had to have been some sort of catalyst. I yeah. mean, I don't 
I hope it doesn't become public because at the end of the day, it's these not players our business, right? are not too public as it is. So yeah, exactly. It's none of our business. And I think that, you know, ultimately there, there likely had to have been some sort of shift or something that had been holding him back while he was trying to train or get ready. Um, I don't know about his suspension, but I think my understanding of it is it's similar to Brady's suspension in which he could have no contact with the team. So with that in mind, it may have been something where he was self-isolating a lot. And from uh, from what I know about addiction and just my own experience and uh, my life with people I know who have struggled with addiction, uh, being isolated can be a huge trigger. And if that was where he was at in that time frame where, where he had to be isolated from his team and his teammates, you know, it, it's very likely that he was falling back into some patterns that yeah. he, he were self-destructive. And this might have been, you know, the best solution for him. Again, I don't want to, you know, try and guess and yeah. you know, play, you know, Absolutely. I don't know, storyteller here. But <laughs> I feel like there had to be been some catalyst. And yeah. I don't know if it'll ever come out, but hopefully, like we were saying, you know, he, he gets the help that he needs. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he even comes back late this year. I mean, it'd be surprising, but it's, it's a, it, you know, it's an emotional rehab and, and it's, you know, different than going through an injury or something that's going to hold them back in that way. And there's a lot of different types of rehabs. They aren't all impatient. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see from a fantasy perspective. I'm wondering if everybody's just going to drop him like yeah. he's completely uh, just worthless. And I'm wondering if, you know, come playoff time, if he's a guy to just pick up and stash on the back of your roster, especially in really deep leagues, just on the off chance. I mean, who knows what he'll come back like, but yeah. uh, if he comes back anywhere close to what he used to be, I mean, he could be a guy who, you know, ends up being a, a huge, huge factor come fantasy playoffs if he's on the field. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention is that, you know, I, I, I'm a big, I was a big believer in him before the season started. I have him in like every single possible lead that I could probably possibly get him in. And oh, no. so, <laughs> so, so, and it's not like I banked on him. Yeah, you know I mean, like I, I had, I had the situation prepared where if this guy does not you know, come back and put it together, then it's okay. But um, I was kind of, you know, hoping he would. So, like I said, I'm, I'm the biggest fan he could have. Probably I'm rooting for him. I hope he's an inspiration for everybody and I hope this ends well. Um, but, you know, for those who want a fantasy perspective, you know, I, I think if you have him, there's no point in trading him because you're not going to get any value for him, really. So you either keep him and stash him or you just drop him and let it go. Yeah, I mean, it's really, there's really no other way to look at it. I think people are going to overthink the whole Gordon situation at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and hats off to anybody who had him in Dynasty and traded him over the last yeah. few weeks because yeah. uh, you got max value. Yeah, because uh, I mean he was going for like a third at best just a couple months ago, and I saw him shoot up and go for a first in some leagues recently. So uh, yeah, if uh, if you got a nice return on your investment in Dynasty, hats off to you. Absolutely. Um, other names, really quick, um, just off of that same you know topic as far as you know trouble in the league and stuff like that um and it's not fantasy perspective but randy gregory got 10 more games i think suspension um obviously this guy doesn't seem like he's he's having a uh, easy ride here in the nfl and then greg hardy who's not in the nfl at the moment got arrested recently for allegedly having cocaine on him so it's man i don't know it's a, a rough run right now in the nfl you know yeah, it always has been. Yeah, it has. All right, so just going to some really quick um, two-hour receivers that got or were injured or are injured that I wanted to just bring up really quick, um, Des Bryant and Decker. Um, how, how concerned are you about these two? 
Yeah, Dez's injury is really interesting because they're saying it's like a, a hairline fracture of sorts, but he might play. And that, to me, seems a little ridiculous, because if it's a hairline thing, couldn't it get aggravated and actually break? Like, isn't that playing on brittle bones? I mean, I'm no doctor. I don't like to play doctor in fantasy, but uh, if there's anybody in your league who doesn't think this is a big deal, and you're a Des owner and can get decent value for him right now, I'm bailing. I'm bailing real quick. That's interesting. It's interesting that you bail. I'm just, it's just like, for me, like I almost like thought the opposite. Like, should I buy low? Yeah, I mean, like, is it something that I could get Dez in the playoff time and be, you know, prime Dez? Um, you know, again, with guys that are hurt, it's always interesting to see how people how people attack it. I mean, whether you buy low, whether you sell high. Um, like, for instance, you like Watkins, right? You bought Watkins. Um, a lot of people would say bail on Watkins. And then here you are saying bail on Dez. You know what I mean? It's just a... Is there is there a certain you know caliber of player that makes you feel to bail on a guy? Is there you know a value on a guy? What what is it that triggers you to like buy low on Watkins but sell Dez? Is it just the value that Dez is at or? Oh yeah, I think I, that's what I was saying. Is if you can get him for the value that he's currently at, I would sell yeah. him because I don't see him maintaining that value. Whereas Watkins is a guy where I don't think you're getting value for him. That's true. At this, I mean, even all, almost a week into the season, you weren't getting value for him based on where he was being drafted. I mean, he was a second, third round pick in, in most fantasy drafts. And if that's where he was going, that's definitely not sort of return you were getting on him if you were trading him. So my point is, if you can trade Dez right now for value, I, I mean, I'd definitely consider the offers because you just don't know. And with, you know, hairline fractures like he has, I don't know enough. I'm not enough of a doctor, and I don't like to be the one to type of speculate. But it doesn't sound good, and it doesn't make me feel comfortable. And with already having, you know, the situation with Prescott being the starter there, and who knows what Romo is going to be like when he comes back, there's just a lot of variables playing yeah. against him that I'd rather just not invest in. So Decker doesn't, I mean, Dez doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies, his injury. What about, what about Deckers? Are you concerned about Deckers? Um, you know, a guy, again, like Gordon, I have in a bunch of leagues. I like Decker. Um, but, you know, at first I wasn't concerned about it, but then they made it seem like it was a bigger deal than they first let on. And so now I'm like, oh, man, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, this is one I'm really curious about because I feel like exactly like you said, at first it didn't seem like it was anything big, seemed like something you'd play through. And then they kind of came out today and were saying that, you know, he's going to have an MRI and that there's a little bit more going on here. And that doesn't make me feel great. Um, now, Decker's. I mean, as far as fantasy is concerned, I don't know if there's a guy who has a higher floor in fantasy than Decker each week. I mean, he was at 80 yards or a touchdown for like something like 20 straight games yeah. or something ridiculous before uh, before last week. And uh, I don't know. I just uh, I feel like you've got to learn more before you can really make a decision. Um, there's not really much news out right now, but uh, but yeah, I'll be interested to see, especially if he misses this week, what uh, what things will look like. And if he does miss this week, though, um, I think it could be a really nice bump for Quincy Anunua to uh, get even more uh, looks in that that passing game. Does does Dez's situation help anybody for you? Uh, Cole Beasley, yeah, um, that- Terrence Williams. I feel like we say his name every year at this time. Bryce, Bryce <laughs> Butler, there's a bunch of different guys. I mean, does, do any of them, you know, noticeably increase for you? I mean, there's no one who really does what does does in that offense. That being said, if if does 
Dez does miss time, Dez does. God, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> but if Dez does miss time, um, I, I like it a little bit for Cole Beasley. I already kind of like Cole Beasley in that offense. If you're in a PPR league, he's kind of like a sneaky flex play each week where he's getting targeted quite heavily. Um, I wrote up him a little bit in the uh, targeting targets week three edition. Get on the Cole Beasley train, baby. Choo choo. I know. I mean, he's he's a guy who, you know, ends up being a security blanket for a quarterback like Dak Prescott. And, you know, that's what rookie quarterbacks need. They need guys who play close to the line of scrimmage, who are there and available on short, quick routes that can, you know, get them into a rhythm and, and get sure. them to be able to make those sort of explosive plays that he was making to Dez. And I, I think that uh, ultimately, if Dez misses time, it's going to hurt the entire offense more than anything else. But you know, it, it could help a guy like Beasley get more targets. Gotcha. I think he's going to turn into more catches. All right. So two guys that we're you know, worried about leaving for a week, couple of weeks, maybe Dez and Decker. Um, but two guys that are coming back here, Bell and Brady. Um, are we excited about this, man? I know a lot of guys have been waiting for this. A lot of guys have been waiting for this moment. Oh, man. You have to be excited. I mean, they're two of the most exciting players to watch in the NFL in, in their respective positions. I mean, both are probably considered top three of their position. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that, like yeah. straight straight out the gate, right? I mean, oh, do, yeah. do you think they're both going to be top three, like week the first week they're back? So as fantasy players or just as NFL? Fan- fantasy like, players, what do you think? Okay, yeah. So as far as fantasy goes... I um, think they're both I mean, chomping at the bit. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, I think you have to insert as the RB1 with how well... You know, uh, D'Angelo Williams is doing in that offense. I own a lot of D'Angelo Williams, so if, uh, if Bell misses any time, I'm not going to be the most upset, but I never wish you will. Um, that being said, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that offense is just set up perfectly. I mean, they they know exactly how to use their running backs efficiently, and, and both Williams and Bell, whenever they've gotten time in that offense, have been phenomenal. And Bell is, you know, I think easily the RB1 going forward. Okay. I, I mean, so really we'll quick, you, you said you have Williams in a lot of leagues. I've noticed a lot of Williams owners trying to sell at this moment. Um, what, what do you say to Williams owners right now? Do, do, is it a good idea to sell to the Bell owner or you know to somebody else? Or do you think it's better to keep him, really? I mean, I think if you're selling now, you're selling at his floor value, which doesn't make any sense to me. Right. If you were going to sell him, you should have sold him after week one where he still had some value left and you could sell him to the Bell owner at that time. But really, to me, he's been a hold the whole time because Bell is a guy who has a history of injury. He has a history of off-the-field issues. He's got a lot of things piling up against him. And what we've seen from D'Angelo is that when he gets the opportunities in that offense, he's an RB1. He's a lock RB1. And I don't want that off my bench. I mean, that's ultimately with bench running backs. What I'm hoping they can do is get an opportunity to be an RB1 when they get you know, the touches on that off on their respective offenses. And D'Angelo's a guy you know can do that. Yeah. So I'm not getting rid of him and, and, uh, and, and if you're a bell owner and you don't have D'Angelo, like buy him now. <laughs> I mean like yeah, yeah, the people exactly. who have D'Angelo and, and you know aren't, you know, thinking about it may sell him to you for you know really cheap right now. So this is your chance to just kinda of go after it and kinda of, you know kinda of push it. Be like, you know, D'Angelo's worthless to you now, man. You know, Bell's back. Just let me get him off you for something, you know? Definitely. I, I highly suggest that of any bell owner and uh, i've even had because i own d'angelo in almost every league i'm in i've had a lot of bell owners come after me asking for d'angelo and i'm doing the opposite <laughs> i'm asking for bell in return because i'm trying to find out if there's anywhere that i can require bell right now because i want to lock up that rushing game because i mean i think that there are situations there aren't i should say situations that exist like that in the league where 
you know, you have two running backs who have both shown that when they're given the bulk of the touches, they're going to be RB1s. And furthermore, you have these offenses who, in the past at least, it'll be interesting to see what the split ends up being when Bell comes back. But in the past, whoever, you know, they view as their RB1 is getting the vast majority of touches on that offense, and it hasn't really been a split. Uh, and I think that that's how it's going to be for Bell as well. I think that he's going to get the vast majority of the touches uh, to the dismay of my Scott Fishbowl team and D'Angelo. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, you know, switching over to Brady really quick. He's another guy who, you know, I, I would buy right now if I could. But obviously anyone who drafted him, you know, drafted him with the intention of waiting for this moment. So it's too late to probably to try to buy him, you know, at, at a lower value. He's coming back. I think he's going to be a man on fire. Personally, I... You know, I think he has all the weapons. Um, I think it hurts Blunt when Brady comes back for some reason. I just think, I just, I feel like they're gonna pass like crazy when Brady comes back. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, uh, I actually, I drafted Edelman in almost every redraft league I'm in, and I just uh, traded a 2017 first for Edelman in a uh, dynasty league that I'm currently in nice. first place in because uh, I think that yeah, Brady's gonna light the world on fire. Edelman's gonna be just unstoppable out of the slot again, and I think Gronk will get right. I think that uh, if there's anyone in that offense to try and trade for right now, it's actually Martellus Bennett. I think that with Brady coming back, he's gonna have the opportunity to reach peak value. Maybe Chris Hogan as well. Um, these are lesser guys who I think their owners probably have seen through the first few weeks and, and aren't feeling super excited about. Now, of course, everyone knows Brady's coming back, so you might not be able to pull the willow. Uh, the what is that saying? I can't. Pull I can't the even remember. Over their eyes. Yeah, there you go. The <laughs> wool. God, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> well, you made but, me sound uh, smart, so I'll take it. I know, right? That's that's what I'm here for, man. Yeah, we gotta I help got balance each other out, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't think you're gonna really be able to sneak up on anybody with that. And and ultimately, I think that uh, if you if you have the opportunity to acquire somebody like Bennett or, or Hogan, that may be the way to go, getting these you know, lesser options, because I don't think that you're going to be able to get you know, Edelman or Gronk or Brady straight up right. for, uh, for anything that's a, that's a good value right now. For sure. And then two names I wanted to bring up before we had jump into some games and stuff here. Two guys, two running backs that were signed this uh, weekend or this week, however you want to look at it, I guess this week. Um, and I want just, you know, I don't know if they're going to matter at all. Uh, but they're just guys that are out there. You got Joyke Bell, who no one liked even when he was a Lion. But, you know, he's going to be backing up a, you know, a rookie running back. I mean, he's a, he's a name. And then uh, C.J. Spiller signed with the Seahawks. I don't know if that matters at all. But just two guys that are out there. I'm sure if you're in a deep league, you're probably just going to pick them up, you know, for the hell of it. Um, but do you think there's any value here at all besides the fact that you're just going to pick them up and, and hope that something happens? Yeah, I uh, I really don't. I okay. think that Joyke Bell especially was just kind of a uh, a depth add. And as far as C.J. Spiller is concerned, um, I, I have no interest in picking him up, but I think it might be telling of where C.J. Process is in his recovery, um, seeing as you know what C.J. Spiller looks to do is be sort of a passing down specialist maybe in that offense. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen C.J. Spiller be anything special, but that being said, that is kind of his role, um, and I think that if anybody was going to fit in that role for the Seahawks, it was going to be Procise. So this might be telling as far as where Procise is at in his recovery and how soon that uh, 
his hand will be healed and, and he'll be able to be a full goal. Um, with that in mind, it, it's it's kind of stinks. I have process on a few teams, and uh, I, I really like the kid's talent. I, I was hoping that he'd be able to emerge there, but uh, but yeah, it looks like it might be the Christian Michaels show going forward. And uh, if that's the case, then uh, CJ Spiller doesn't really have much value other than to kind of lock that in a little bit more for Michael owners. Yeah. You could always be like me, man. If you if you're in a league, you got a, a spot that you're not using, or it's a deep league. Um, sometimes I pick up guys like these, and I'm like, you know what? If they just hit just for one week, like something, they like make a big catch, a big play. I'm trying to trade them for like anything I can get. You know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm just gonna look at it as a lottery ticket. I'm not I'm not I don't think I'm gonna get something crazy, but like, what if you know Joyke Bell or Spiller does have a, a decent game, and you can like trade him for like you said, like a Chris Hogan or a Bennett, or, you yeah. know, it doesn't have to be a big trade, but it could be a, a little bit. You know I mean, someone who's really hard up for a running back, they're in a bad spot, they're, you know, dealing with injuries. If one of these guys have even a decent game, like 40 yards and a touchdown or something crazy like that, um, somebody will buy them, I think. You know, just maybe you can get a, you know, a guy to pull the trigger on them. So I, I like to, you know, pick up guys like that once in a while if you have the roster space, you know what I mean, to just kind of play that game. Definitely. I think that's the way to do it, too. Ultimately, if your guy, you know, if you if you do pick up a guy like CJ Spiller, you're not really expecting him to do anything right. for you. If he hits, that's the time to utilize his value in a trade, because I think too often people think that, oh, he just hit. He's going to have another big game. Yeah. And then you put him in his lineup and he gets you two points with, you know, a catch for 11 yards. And, yeah. and it's one of those things where I think too often People try and, you know, have lightning strike twice for him, whereas, you know, you hit on a really great assessment of, okay, I, I have this player who I was able to get at absolutely no cost to myself. If I'm able to turn him into anything, that's a win. And to really look at situations where you can do that, that's actually something that I can learn from, too. It's something I don't even do enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, fancy football, as we know, um, a lot of people live in the moment, second to second. They don't think about, you know, three weeks ahead, and maybe you shouldn't. But, um, you know, if, if you show them a guy who did something that moment, that week, you know, he has value in that in that situation. You know what I mean? So it's just, you know, whether it's an inexperienced person you're trying to trade with, whether, like I said, someone who's desperate, I think it's always willing, like I said, if you have the space, you know, just to, just to, just to play the game, you know? So we'll see how that goes. Keep an eye on them. But we here, obviously, at Clock Dodgers, do not expect anything from either of those two. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to jump over to Fancy Trade Blackjack. Um, I have some interesting names on the table for you today, Adam. Some good ones, man. Man, you had me sweating last week, so I'll be interested to see. <laughs> let's see what we get. Let's let's see what happens here, man. Go ahead and take a seat, and let's get this thing started. They say everybody has a price. And we're about to find out. It's time for Fantasy Trade Blackjack. Let's deal. All right. So the first name I'm going to put on the table, and I'm just, I, I'm putting this name on the table because I've seen him getting moved a lot recently in different leagues. I mean, like I told you, I'm in like 15 leagues. So um, I see his name coming up, whether it's in trade talks or actually being traded. Um, so the name on the table is Lacey, Eddie Lacey. Um, a guy that anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I was a fan of going into the year. I thought it was going to be a big year. It's going to be huge. And here we go again, starting off slow. And you start to worry, is this just the, the pace he's going to be at all year? Or is this going to you know turn up again? So Lacey's the card on the table. And and the first guy I'm going to offer for him right now is just straight up Gio Bernard. This is, let's just say this is a PPR league. 
Yeah, that's definitely going to need a hit. Okay. I, uh, especially after watching Geo tonight, man. I, I'm, I'm like in tears over Geo. He's one of my favorite players, and uh, you know, Jeremy Hill's getting the running down work there, and this five carry a game stuff is not working with them. Not like having him be a focal point of the offense uh, in the passing game, and he's just not right now. I, I'm really in panic mode over Geo. Okay. So I'm going to throw one other name into the deal. I'm not going to go any further, man. I'm going to throw Baldwin, Doug Baldwin. So Geo and Doug Baldwin for Lacey. Oh, you got a deal done. <laughs> so so here's the thing. Like, okay, so someone like Baldwin coming into the season was not really raved about. I don't, I don't think he had a lot of believers. He did good last year, um, had a hot end of the season, caught a lot of touchdowns, but I think people didn't believe in him. Um, he, he showed, you know, in these first couple of games that he can still do it. So... Would you have done Baldwin for Lacey straight up? Yeah, I okay. definitely would have. Uh, I was a Baldwin believer coming into the season. I do have him on a few teams, and he's been one of the uh, the wide receivers that I was invested in who didn't get injured and has done well, which has been great. Um, you know, <laughs> I I have a little bit of worry over Wilson's injuries, but it seems like he is playing through just about anything he can. Um, that being said, I think that, you know, if Wilson were to miss any time, it would be a complete death sentence to Baldwin. But for as long as Wilson's the quarterback there, I think Baldwin really in PPR leagues, he has every week wide receiver one upside and he really has a good consistent floor by getting the majority of the targets on that offense right now. Gotcha. All right, cool. So that kind of gives people an idea, you know, where you feel about Lacey, how you feel about Baldwin, which again... You know, some people still say Lacey, man, he's number one back. And then some people are like, Baldwin, eh, the name doesn't, you know, ring bells to people sometimes. So just interesting to see that you would trade him straight up for Baldwin. Um, the next name, Gurley. All right. He had a decent game, right? Everyone's been waiting for some kind of sign of life from Gurley. Um, and then a guy that a lot of people were bailing on also had a big game, a bigger game, and that's Freeman. So Gurley is the card on the table. Freeman is the player I'm offering you. Can I sell high on Freeman and buy low on Gurley? Yeah, I think that uh, even with Gurley having all these game stri- script struggles where he's going to, you know, be in a lot of situations where they're, you know, coming from behind, um, I, I, I literally almost had to stop myself while I'm saying that and remind myself that the freaking Rams are 2-1 and one right now. <laughs> um, but uh, but that's kind of the narrative that's been painted is, is that's, you know, the big struggle for Gurley. But uh, Gurley is just, he's an extremely talented runner and you got to give credit where credit is due. And, and he definitely deserves all the credit he can get. Um, that being said, Freeman on the flip side, I, I think that uh, him and Coleman are both in a great situation in that offense. Honestly, I think they're, they're good guys to invest in. Uh, the value's just not here on this particular trade, but I do like either Freeman or Coleman moving forward because if either one misses time, I mean, the other could just explode. Yep. All right, so you want to hit for this one then, right? Yeah, definitely. I will take the hit. All right, what if I throw in Travis Benjamin? Ooh. All right, so Travis Benjamin and Devonta Freeman for, Gurley. for Todd Gurley. So this is another one of those times where, you know, we're doing these trades in a vacuum. And, and I think that often um, if you're, you know, being on the end of the two in a two for one deal, right. you want to be in a situation where you need the depth on your team more. Um, and so, you know, playing in my mind, like I'm in a roster situation where I do need the depth a little bit more. Maybe I, I you know, had a few wide receiver injuries and, and I definitely could uh, could use the 
the help that Benjamin brings. Um, I, I think this one's a lot closer. That being said, I, I don't know. Travis Benjamin kind of worries me. He uh, he had a drop in his target market share in the offense last week, yeah. and uh, Tyrell Williams is getting a little bit more work there. And I, I don't know. I, I, I'm worried that uh, Rivers might not trust him fully moving forward. That being said, he doesn't really have any other options. <laughs> so uh, I think that this week, especially up against New Orleans, they will uh, definitely have the opportunity to go off. And, and if Benjamin does, then this may look dumb. But, uh, but I think I'd have to take another hit. Okay. Yeah, see, so for that, I, I wouldn't. Um, put another play in their deal and i'm just curious like say say you you know you mentioned you know if you depended on the team that you had in the moment say <clears throat> excuse me say you only could start um two our receivers and a flex and obviously Gurley's one of your running backs but just say your tight ends were like doug baldwin like we mentioned and say golden tate um would you be more inclined to then do that trade because those are your two best receivers yeah i mean of course i, I think that you know a lot of these trade offers are often in a vacuum yeah. and in certain situations that they, they could kind of get swayed um you know Gurley for, for for uh for freeman and benjamin there is really close so okay. i i think that uh you know based on how you're constructing your roster it it might end up being the right move uh that that's one of those situations though where again you know if you're giving up the two for one and the one is a player of Gurley's caliber you know, I, I feel like I want to outright win that trade right. uh, if I'm if I'm giving up that that elite level talent. Yeah, especially because you know, when you're when you're thinking in your leagues, like when you see a trade like this come up, um, sometimes you know someone could have drafted Benjamin or even paid him up off the waiver wire, and they're not even using him. You know what I mean? So you're like, man, I don't want to give up Gurley to a to a guy who doesn't even use Benjamin. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's almost like you want to improve your team. But at the same time, you don't want to like make the other person that much better. You know what I mean, it's like just like a, a personal thing. Like you're just like, man, you know, what am I, what am I setting this guy up with? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's definitely relevant, especially in uh, smaller leagues like a ten team league or something like that, because you'll end up playing that guy again. And and the last thing that you want to do is to you know build up somebody else's roster. I try not to pay too much attention to it, but it's impossible to yeah. say that it doesn't have any factor. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, a lot of the names, obviously, that people see I'm throwing in here are just guys that are either, you know, their value swinging high to low week to week or, you know, names that are just hot or names that go cold. So that's why you hear a lot of these names I'm throwing in here. Um, so that one we would bust on. Um, the next guy is Marvin Jones. Just had a huge week. Six catches, which is, sounds crazy, but only six catches um, with over 200 yards and two touchdowns. Obviously an anomaly. Obviously never going to happen again. Just doesn't seem logical. Um, but he's the name on the table. Hot player this week. Um, and I'm going to, you know, straight out the gate, though, a player that I know you kind of like, but he's obviously struggled, and that's Brendan Marshall for, for Marvin Jones straight up. Man, this is one that... uh. Anytime prior to the season started, people would have thought you were crazy. Exactly. But uh, but yeah, it's you know we're three weeks in now, and Marvin Jones is the number one wide receiver in all of fantasy. And you know that that game last week was just phenomenal for him. If uh, if you like me had him on any of your fantasy teams, it was awesome to watch. But yeah. uh, you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, he's doing it with a re ridiculous yards per catch right now i mean as far as on the season he's averaging 22.7 yards per catch and uh in that particular game he was averaging 34.1 which is just ridiculous 
Um, you know, it, it's one of those situations too, where I think, like you said, that's definitely going to regress back down to something that's a little bit more normal, but it's not going to regress all that much. I mean, he's being utilized in that offense, just like they utilize Calvin Johnson. And he's not playing as, you know, that insane Megatron style of I'm going to go up and catch everything. But uh, he looks great, and uh, I honestly feel like if uh, if I'm looking, projecting here forward towards the rest of the season, he's another guy like uh, Stephon Diggs, who I think is a top 12 receiver moving forward, and I think has to be valued as such. Absolutely. And so, you know, I think it's funny when you do get people who are trying to trade for him or, um, yeah, it's typically people who are trying to get him from you. Um, the, the line that you're going to hear from everybody is, he'll never do that again. Okay, that you're actually probably right. <laughs> you know what I mean, he'll he'll never score like that again. You're right, but the simple fact that he did it and he did it with six catches, it's just you know I I don't understand the argument where he'll never do it again. Where obviously no one thinks he's gonna do it again. I mean, if you think he's gonna do it again, you're obviously not you know thinking logically. But it's just you know the fact that he did it and he did it in six catches and he did it week in and week out. Um, in an offense that obviously is targeting the guy, you know, that line obviously doesn't hold value when they say, oh, he'll never do it again. That's his best week of the year. Um, he's not he's not one of those guys that fit into that argument. Are you, are you, are you agree with me as far as that goes? It's obvious that he's, a you know, the number one guy there and a huge part of that offense, regardless of whether it's 200 yards. I mean, it's safe to say, you know, that he can get 80 yards every single game or, you know, 16 a touchdown. Like, that's not crazy, is it? No, not at all. I mean, a lot of people were saying the same thing during, like, Odell Beckham's rookie year. Like, ooh, he had a big game. Oh, he's a rookie. He won't do that again. Exactly. Yeah, that's what everybody says until somebody does it. And that's just it is, you know, you have to you have to kind of, you know, temper expectations without just erasing what has occurred in the first three weeks. So, you know, we have a small sample size. It's not the end-all, be-all to look forward for the rest of the season. But it happened, and right. I think you have to be able to, you know, take acknowledgement of what has occurred and be able to project forward. You know, going into last week, I, I wrote up Marvin Jones in the uh, targeting targets column, yeah. and particularly the reason that I gravitated towards him was because in the first two weeks he saw over ten targets. The amazing thing about his ridiculous two hundred plus yard performance is he did that on eight targets. He did it on six catches, like you said. You know, he wasn't getting this huge market share that he had gotten the first two weeks. And I think that, uh, you know, eight targets is still a lot. It's still a good amount of targets in that offense. But if he continues to be a guy who they're targeting eight to 12 times a game, he's going to have production. It's just how that offense is set up. It's inevitable. He's set up to thrive. The only thing that I would say to temper expectations a little bit is the coaches have talked about getting Golden Tate more involved again. And I think that Golden Tate is a player who has been overlooked a lot in the first few weeks. But at the end of the day, Matthew Stafford makes the choice on each particular play, who he has as the read and who he's going to throw the ball to. And as we saw throughout Calvin Johnson's career, he is not afraid of targeting one guy over and over and over and over. And if he keeps doing that for Marvin Jones... I mean, top 12, easy. Yeah, Tate's not a bad buy-low right now, too. Um, oh, I love Tate as a buy-low. Yeah. yeah. He's a great buy-low. So so would I get Marvin Jones for Marshall from you? No, no, I'd have to I'd have to have a hit. Okay, now I'm going to hit, but I, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to throw a guy in there. Um, I'm going to throw in ha- Howard, the running back for the Bears. Does that do anything for you? You know, it, it has to a little bit. Um, 
Jordan Howard's a guy who I've never really been a huge fan of. Me neither. But, you know, it's an opportunity situation thing. Um, he's one of those guys who, you know, especially if, if Jamie Langford misses significant time, they've shown that they only want to use one running back often in that offense. That's how Langford was being used at the start of the year and what made me excited about Langford. Um, but with his injury now, I think that Jordan Howard's going to get that same sort of, of workload. And John Fox there has talked about the fact that, you know, he wants Jordan Howard to, you know, get used to running with a larger percentage of carries. So um, he has an opportunity, but, you know, how good is a running back's opportunity on one of the worst offenses in the league? So it's not something I'm getting excited about. So if that was the offer, I'd have to take a hit. All right, so yeah, I'm I'm just gonna bust because I think it's it's, I just wanted to kind of show the deal as far as a hot name, uh, underperforming, proven wide receiver, and then you know a new guy, a new name hitting the hitting the scene because a lot of people give you those kind of offers, which I feel like if you're going down this path, it's better to bust. You know what I mean? Um, It's better to just let it go because you're not. I don't think you're ever gonna meet what you want in that offer. For Definitely. Jones, you know what I mean? All right. So from the hottest wide receiver in football or the best wide receiver, I guess, number wise, Marvin Jones, to I believe the best running back in football, which is DeMarco Murray. So stats wise, of course, just numbers wise. Um, so DeMarco Murray um, is the name on the table. And I'm going to give you I'm going to offer two players straight out the gate. I'm going to offer you Latavius Murray and Washington in Detroit. Obviously, the new, the new running back who's getting some opportunities here. So would Murray and Washington get Murray, DeMarco Murray out from under you? Um, you know, again, just something to consider for Murray owners. Some guys are worried about, you know, Henry, obviously his role, whether it's going to continue to increase, um, throughout the season. I, I'm a guy who wasn't a big Henry believer going into the season. Um, but when I do watch him, I'm like, man, that dude, you know, runs with a full head of steam. Um, and it seems like it's gonna be hard to deny him carries as you keep continue to wear on throughout the season and players are getting more and more tired and hurt and he's just going to keep bulldozing. Um, so would it, would a, a, a trade offer like Latavius Murray and Washington, um, interest you at all for a guy like DeMarco Murray? No, it really wouldn't. Um, you know, Derek Henry, as you touched on, is, is a guy who uh, I actually love coming into this year, but he's a guy who I think automatically, you know, is being pushed into this change of pace sort of role. And I don't really know if he's going to escape from it simply because DeMarco Murray has looked fantastic yep. for the first three weeks here. Um, that being said, what's really interesting about Murray is, you know, when he was on the Cowboys and having this phenomenal, you know, number one running back season, he was doing it on an insane number of touches. The difference now is that he isn't getting a ton of carries. You know, his most carries came in week three he had 16 carries. There were two weeks prior than that. He had 12 and 13. So he's doing it on not a ton of carries. But the reason he's being so successful is he is a heavy feature of that passing game um i mean you know he's had at least five catches in each of his three games so far he had two touchdowns in week one uh, receiving and uh he uh he's really being utilized in kind of a versatile role there and i think that that's going to continue um with uh with that in mind he's a ppr running back who i think has this um kind of view of him right now that he's a sell high but he's one of those guys who I think falls into what I call a sell-high, buy-high sort of situation where everyone's perceiving him as a sell-high, and you may actually be able to buy him right now at this level where guys think they're getting a really good offer from you, but 
you may actually make out in the end. And and I think if DeMarco Murray stays healthy, he's going to continue to get the touches in that offense. And, and especially in PPR leagues, he's got a super high floor weekly with those receptions. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that. Especially the reason as far as buying him um, is that a lot of people would you know, that have him, they just kind of, it just kind of fell to them. I mean, like not, not a lot of people went into the season believing in DeMarco Murray. Um, you know, it's just, especially not the way he's performing now. So I have to assume um, the guys who he just kind of fell to, or that just kind of took him because he was the name there. Um, I, I assume they probably don't think he can keep this up. I mean, a, a lot of guys, you know, kind of keep their um, opinion of a player, you know, for for a while. You know what I mean? So if it's a guy they didn't really care for, but they just took him and then he starts playing hot, they are going to try to sell him for, you know, something they do like even. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, similar to Marvin Jones, where he right now is the number one wide receiver right. in all of fantasy, and we don't think he's going to hold that. Nobody does. Right. But I could see him easily falling in the top 12. Like, that's how I project him right now. He is right. a top 12 fantasy wide receiver going forward for me. DeMarco Murray, I think, is even better than that. I, I feel like DeMarco Murray has top six potential because running back is a lot more volatile than the wide receiver position, and we've already seen it. I mean, guys like you know Todd Gurley, who we were talking about earlier, has not been reliable in the first three weeks, and DeMarco Murray definitely has. And, and like I was touching on with that high receiving floor, that can make all the difference for a, uh, a pass-catching running back to be vaulted above guys like Gurley who don't get enough work in the passing game. And uh, I think with DeMarco Murray, he's he's a guy, as long as he stays healthy with that high floor, he has that ability to really be that bell cow running back that you want on your fantasy teams to, to really be a guy who is in your lineup every single week and you can rely on, which is really rare at the running back position. Absolutely. All right, so Murray Washington won't do nothing. Um I wanted to throw another player into the deal just just to see because we kind of spoke about Gordon earlier with the whole rehab situation. Um, if I throw like Corey Coleman into the situation, I know he's hurt right now, but does that change anything for you? I know obviously him and Pryor stock go up a little bit with Gordon not coming back possibly. Um, so does that do anything for you? Because we didn't really talk about them earlier when we talked about Gordon. So I just want to throw him in the deal really fast and just see you know how you feel about him. Yeah, um, that actually. I, it wouldn't change the deal for me because a lot of times I'm not I'm not ever going to do a three for right, one because right. um, on top of that you end up having to drop two guys from your bench and you know it, it normally ends up being a situation where you're just like giving up too much to get a bunch of pieces in return. That being said, I, I really do like Corey Coleman once he gets healthy again. I think that uh, what we're seeing in that offense right now is very reminiscent of what happened with Josh Gordon when the entire Cleveland offense was so decimated that during Josh Gordon's amazing 2014 season, he was getting an insane target market share. And the nice thing about this season for Terrell Pryor right now is he's getting an insane market share. What I think is going to shift, though, is once Corey Coleman gets healthy again, that's going to shift back to Coleman simply because he is, you know, a, he, he was the number one drafted wide receiver. The Browns went out, they got him, they want him on that team. And what's really amazing about his skill set, which I think I talked about last week with you, is at Butler, he was a guy who did a lot of work after the catch. He's a guy who can. You know, he, he can really work with the ball in his hands, uh, very similar to like a Jarvis Landry, which yeah. a lot of people don't realize. And I think that in an offense that is, you know, going to need these specialist sort of playmakers like Tyre, um, I'm sorry, Terrell Pryor to uh, to be able to be successful. 
Corey Coleman's going to fit right into that as well. And uh, I, I think if nothing else, the Browns are going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. And from a fantasy perspective, Coleman may be a guy who ends up being a buy low that, that can be very valuable moving forward if uh, if you've got the roster spot to stash him right now. Yeah, for sure. He, like, and like you said, as far as, you know, making things happen yards after the catch, I think he proved that in week two, you know, before he got hurt, before he broke his hand or whatever. Um, he I think it was week two, right? Yeah, I think it was week two where he scored the touchdowns. Or was that week three? That was two. Uh, I believe that. No, that was week two. Two, okay, yeah. So he showed, you know, a lot of yards after the catch in that game, I believe, where he showed that he can make things happen with, you know, a little. Just given a little, he made a lot happen. Um, and, and, and Terrell Pryor, man, I know a lot of people don't believe it. They don't believe the hype. Um, I'm not, you know, you're 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 very good with numbers and, and statistics and all this kind of stuff. And I, maybe I'm not definitely on your level as far as that stuff goes. But just the just the eye test, like watching that game, I don't know if it was just a pure fact that like he was the only guy it seemed like he was the only guy touching the ball every single play but like i like he, he really looked like he could fit there man like he really looked like this guy can make plays in this offense and i know it was kessler and he's not the greatest quarterback so people you know are hard to have faith right now in these guys but i it just there seemed to be something there when it comes to prior i mean let's let's be realistic here prior is an amazing athlete right but he did see 14 targets in that game and he yeah, was he'll like, probably never see that again. No, he, I mean that's not actually true. I think that uh, the Josh Gordon news helps him more than anybody else, and uh, I think that for the time being, until Corey Coleman gets back in that offense, I wouldn't be shocked at all if if uh, Terrell Pryor continues seeing double digit targets each game right. because they have nothing else there. Yeah, I, I mean I, they like, really like don't. when he rushed the touchdown in and stuff. Man, I liked it. Man, they were being creative with him. I was like, man, this dude is really doing some stuff right now. Oh, I know. I, honestly, if nothing else, just from a football fan perspective, there is really nothing I've seen in the last couple of years that has been as exciting as watching that Sturrow Pryor game. Because yeah. he did everything. He, he he threw the ball. He ran the ball. He caught the ball. It was like watching a high school game. Yeah, it, it was amazing. It was very cool to watch. <laughs> yeah, very cool I, uh, to watch. I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, that being said, uh, a little preview. He is in my targeting targets for week four um, because he did have an insane amount of targets this week. And uh, it was actually really interesting writing that article because I literally had just finished writing the section on Terrell Pryor. And I look at my phone and I see the news about Josh Gordon. And I'm like, all right, great. Now I got to go back and edit this thing. Um, so I did. I went back and edited it a little bit because it shifts things a lot. It really, really does. Uh, until Corey Coleman comes back in that offense, Terrell Pryor is going to be a huge, huge target market share guy. And I think that he's going to be a guy that um, you know you ride through the next week or so here. You may not want to use him in week five against New England. I, I don't know, especially with them getting Brady back. But again, it's a situation where if they're in a game where they're losing to the Patriots and they've got Brady, you're going to try and tell me that they're not going to give Terrell Pryor 10-plus targets? It's going to happen. They're going to force-feed him the ball in every type of situation they can. And, you know, the difference with, with this game versus the first two is he caught a lot of those targets and he did a lot with them. And I think that may have just been a situation of, you know, he was getting so many opportunities on that offense, rushing the ball, passing the ball, receiving the ball, that he, you know, was able to work into an athletic flow. And there's a lot of guys who they need that, you know, they get yeah. multiple touches in and they start ramping up and becoming more, more successful and they build their confidence. And 
if uh, if Pryor continues to be one of those guys, I think that he can be a guy who becomes a really, really huge sell high after this week against Washington. Yeah, for sure. And, he, and he's a guy that, man, I, I believe I mentioned it on the show before. Like, I'm a super, you know, big fan of him. I've been rooting for him ever since the Raiders drafted him. I don't know if you remember um, when the Raiders were actually trying to make him a quarterback. Um, I think yeah. I think it was one of his first games. I forget, but he ran like a ninety-yard touchdown, like as a quarterback. And I was like, as a fan of the Raiders, I thought like, okay, we're on something special here. <laughs> but like, just just to watch a quarterback, you know, run uh, like a it was like a seventy-yard, ninety-yard. I forget how long it was. But it was like some crazy, ridiculous touchdown from a quarterback. And it was just I seen that, and I was like, wow, this dude could play football. I don't know if he could play quarterback, but he could play football. You know what I mean? And and I was excited for what the future held for him. So to find, I thought you know he's gonna flay out the league after that because he just wasn't you know wasn't working for him as a quarterback. But I'm so happy to see that, you know he he's done it somewhere, um, and it's working. So I'm happy for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I don't want to you know poo poo on that at all in a way by saying he's gonna be a guy who's so high. But ultimately. Yeah he's a, he's a gadget style player yeah. um he, he is and and ultimately if he wasn't in a situation on cleveland where they had no other receiving options and he was getting force-fed targets he probably wouldn't have this sort of success but it's you know it's the perfect storm for him right now and and he's gonna ride it out and it's gonna be really 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 fun to watch so if nothing else let's just enjoy it while it lasts for sure and the last thing i wanted to throw at you really quick in uh, fancy trade blackjack was um you had mentioned that you um, we're trying to trade for Le'Veon Bell if a Le'Veon Bell owner came to you trying to trade for D'Angelo Williams. Um, obviously, it's hard to trade for guys like Bell. Um, it's hard to trade for guys like Antonio Brown. They just have, you know, this enormous stock that is pretty much hard to match, you know what I mean, in, in, a, in a trade. Um, unless, like you said, you do like a three for one or something like that, it's hard to equal that value. Um, that being said, you know, if you were trying to trade for Bell, um, we don't even have to do it as a blackjack style thing here, but just just speaking, you know, in a trade sense here, um, if someone was to offer something like LaShawn McCoy and and Willie Sneed or something like that, I mean, are, are you even getting in territory to trade for Bell for stuff like that? I mean, what, you know, what does it really take? I mean, like David Johnson, obviously, something like that, you could obviously say, but just if you're not giving up a one for one type of thing, could a McCoy and Sneed even get close to a deal for Bell? No, I I think that, you know... It has to be elite for elite, right? I mean, it it doesn't necessarily have to be elite for elite, but, like, if you're going to go the two-for-one route, it needs to be, like, the next tier below elite. So, like, LaShawn McCoy might be a good option as far as a running back because LaShawn McCoy is a guy who I see having top 12 potential moving forward, but he might not have that top six weekly ceiling that, you know, Le'Veon Bell has every single week. So if you're going to try and match it and go, all right, here's Le'Veon Bell, and I'm going to offer you LaShawn McCoy, what do you need to throw in with LaShawn McCoy to get Le'Veon Bell back? Yeah. I feel like you're going to have to latch on to one of these really high upside guys like a Stephon Diggs. Marvin Jones. Make an offer. Yeah, exactly, like a Marvin Jones as well. And make an offer where it's, all right, here's a receiver who is a huge upside guy who – might continue on this trajectory that it's at right now and perform like a top 12 receiver. And in which case, you're getting a top 12 receiver and a top 12 running back. And in return, I'm getting a top three running back. So, it, you know, I think we've talked about this a lot in regards to trades and, and making it something that's, you know, desirable from right. from your opponent. Um, just to be honest about some of the offers that I was throwing out there, um, 
I was going after Le'Veon Bell in a league that I had Allen Robinson, and I offered Allen Robinson and Tevin Coleman. Um, okay. So, you know, I tried to hit on Tevin Coleman's big game and, and see if I could turn that over, and that got turned down. So, <laughs> you know, just to kind of, no, but to and keep that's not that a bad mind, offer. It's just yeah, exactly. It's but hard to, to trade a guy like Bell. Trying to get an idea of, all right, well, that's what somebody's going to want for Bell. So if you're hitting them with an Allen Robinson, who is that, you know, top 12 receiver in the similar right, you're going to need a guy who is perceived more to be like a top 12 running back. I'm sure if it was more like an offer of uh, LaShawn McCoy, which actually I have in that league. So if I wanted to, I could make this offer where it's LaShawn McCoy and Allen Robinson for Le'Veon Bell. Personally, I think that's giving up too much. Yeah. But that might be the type of trade that you need to get a deal done for Bell. Ultimately, just like when I'm drafting, though, I value wide receivers more than I do running backs. So even somebody like Le'Veon Bell, I'm not going to be giving up for many receivers. And Allen Robinson is just one who I'm worried about Jacksonville's offense. So he's kind of guy I'm you know a little bit worried about maintaining that wide receiver one value moving forward. But uh, but yeah, I think that uh, ultimately. If you're going to go after a top, you know, three guy at his position, you really have to come all out if, if you want to acquire him. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're probably going to overpay, but you get the guy you want and you get the best guy in the deal. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's go over to our no halftime challenges, which last week you did better. <laughs> so because you did better last week i have to try to rebound here man like i'm not i do not want to fall in a hole with you here and you know by the time we're at like mid-season you're like burying me here so i got some names i got some guys i believe in man i don't know who you got yet but i feel good about who i got and let's just kind of see where we match up here. We're going to put this down in the books. We're going to set these challenges out there. Obviously, probably we'll do it tomorrow or something, accept the challenges, and we'll keep the record going. So we'll open up with the quarterback. I am going to go with Hoyer this week, man. I'm going to go with Hoyer. Now, don't hit me with something too crazy, man. Don't 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 beat me up because I'm using Hoyer now. Don't, don't, don't take advantage of me. But I think he can put up numbers. I think they can fall behind, and I think they're going to try to score points. And I think Hoyer can throw the ball, man. He can throw the ball. They got some okay weapons. Um, so I think he can have a pretty good week. And hopefully you don't go crazy on me here, man. Who do you got? Oh, no. You're uh, you're talking at my heartstrings because uh, I'm, I'm a Bears fan, unfortunately. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. They're, they're in one of those situations where the Bears will be just good enough that uh, we cost ourselves any sort of draft pick that can really change the franchise. So well, that's what Hoyer's in here to do right now. And, uh yeah, actually, I like that pick this week. Uh, he's a guy who um, I don't hate as a streaming option if you're really, really desperate at QB. And uh, I think that he could find some success. I mean, from what we saw last week, he really locked in on Zach Miller. And uh, if he can you know, transition the targets that he was giving to Kevin White, who I think is super overrated, uh, to Alshon Jeffrey, who I think is a stud who doesn't get targeted enough that uh that they could really turn that offense into at least something serviceable um so yeah like you said i, I don't want to come at you really hard so uh i just decided to go with you know the number one quarterback all of last uh week but uh he's a he's a name that you know most people are are gonna feel is pretty close to hoyer and that's trevor simeon um you know he had a huge week last week being able to put up four touchdowns and I think moving into this week, the thing that I love most about it is he gets the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have really been a cake matchup so far this year. Um, I mean, they gave up 37 points last week to the Rams, and the week prior to that, they gave up 40 to uh, Arizona. 
So uh, their defense really has not shown much, and I think the Broncos are really just going to decimate them. It'll be interesting to see if they run the ball a little bit more, but I, I'm, I'm thinking Simeon's going to get a few touchdowns again, and uh, I think that might be enough to beat Hoyer. That's a nice pick, man, I, and I you know, appreciate you keeping it you know, similar in the talent level so I don't feel like I'm getting blown out here. And you know, I had to pick Hoyer you know, to kind of play, like you said, at your heart because that way you wouldn't pick someone too good to go against me. <laughs> um, the only the only thing I'm I'm hoping for here is that the Broncos do like to ride C.J. Anderson when they can, so I'm hoping that you know this is a game where they can let C.J. Anderson loose again, and that you know that holds back your guy a little bit. But we'll see, we'll see. I, I want to hurt you either way. You know what I mean? If I win, you know your boy Hoyer gets a win, but still I get a win. If I lose, you know it hurts you still, man, because you don't want to see Hoyer do bad. Man, so. you are really upset about last week. I am, huh? man, because you you did some personal attacks on me last week, man. <laughs> so I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back with a vengeance. To be fair, the personal attacks didn't work out as uh, well at all. Didn't bombed, and, and your Raiders won. You tried and it, man. You I tried it. Freeman went off. So <laughs> what are you upset about? You tried it, man. I mean, That's all that matters. Okay. So I'm going to take a shot. All right. Running back. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Gore this week, man. I don't love it. I don't love it. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, again, I, I, I know halftime. I'm trying to use matchups to my advantage here. Um, and, I, and I like the matchup. I, I just feel like he's, you know, he's been quietly pretty decent this year. You know I mean, I mean, obviously, he's not, you know, the top back in the league or something. But he's been decent um, and, and quiet. You don't hear a lot of people talking about him. But I have faith in him this week. I think they can, you know, with with Moncrief out and everything, they're gonna, you know, ride that running back a little more. He doesn't have competition in the backfield really, so I'm not worried about it. I think he's gonna get plenty of opportunities, and so I'm going with Gore, man. Who who is Gore's opponent this week on your side? Man, uh, first and foremost, Gore is an interesting pick. Uh, I tend to avoid games that are in London as much as I can. So it, when uh, when you put that forth for me, I was I was a little surprised. I'm trying to but, throw you uh, off. Yeah, I know, right? Trying to get in my head, obviously. <laughs> Uh, and getting in my head, you may have, because <laughs> I went back to the well picking the same running back that I picked last week, who didn't win for me last week. So uh, I went with I went with Isaiah Crowell. Um, like last week, I you know I like his opportunity in that offense. Uh, I think that they are going to lean on the run a little bit more. And you know, if it's not the Terrell Pryor show there, which I think it might end up being a little difficult if Josh Norman does shadow him, which I think the Redskins would be stupid not to do. Um, if if that ends up being the case and Norman is shadowing Pryor, they're going to need to have a little bit more consistency on offense to be successful. And I think that that's going to start with the running game. So uh, the Redskins have really been pretty rough against the run all year so far. And I think that uh, Crowell hopefully can capitalize on that. Simeon and Crowell, oh man, you're falling right into the plot, man. I, playing, <laughs> playing head games this year, this week, man. I'm coming for the comeback. Well, speaking of being shadowed, Pryor is my wide receiver this week, and he will not be shadowed because Norman couldn't shadow Pryor, man. Nah, I'm joking. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna act crazy like that. But Pryor is my guy. Um, I do think they're gonna move him around all over the field. I like, like we just spoke about, man. I like the way they're using him. Um, what can he not do, man? What can Pryor not do at this point? I'm picking Pryor. I think it'll at least be fun for me to watch. So even if I lose, I go down in an enjoyable, enjoyable game to watch. So my guy is Pryor at wide receiver. Who will be his opponent this week? 
Man, I feel like you're cheating. You're picking a quarterback, running back, at wide receiver <laughs> position. I don't even understand oh, how this yeah. works. Dude, I'm telling you, man, it's all yeah. a head game. Man. I'm, I'm figuring, I'm trying to find your weaknesses right now. And I'm thinking, uh, if I keep attacking your mind here, man, I might, you know, get you to do crazy decisions. Yeah, that was the play last week in daily leagues. I mean, uh, anyone who plays DFS, if you had Terrell Pryor in any of your lineups, hats off to you. Because... Yeah. Uh, that was one that I even remember seeing the talk uh, Sunday morning that they were going to use him at quarterback a little bit. And I even thought, like, ooh, that's going to be really cool for fantasy. I wonder how that'll get scored. And didn't even think about changing any of my DFS lineups. So uh shows how brilliant I am. I, I, I definitely need to get on it in the future. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, he was phenomenal last week. And uh, I think that benefit of having him in the rushing and passing game as well helps you this week. But, uh Knowing that, I, I decided to go ahead and pair up my uh, my quarterback with his number one wide receiver. And yes, I said his number one wide receiver in Emmanuel Sanders. Wow. A lot of people are going to think that's a strong talk because uh, they think that Demarius Thomas is still the number one there. But uh, all you have to do is glance at the target market share there and see that Emmanuel Sanders has been Simeon's favorite target throughout the beginning of this year. And being the younger receiver there and a guy who I think uh, is utilized a little bit more... Uh, dynamically in that offense he's someone that moving forward i I really really like i wrote him up for uh, week four of targeting targets here so uh if anybody's interested please check that out when it comes out and um yeah again similar to with Simeon, i think that the broncos are going to just destroy the buccaneers this week they've given up a ton of points the last two weeks and i think that uh between Simeon and sanders both can capitalize on that and have big games Speaking of anybody's interest in checking out the article, if you're not interested, you're 0-3 right now. That's all I'll tell you. You better be interested in that article. <laughs> no, nah, seriously, guys. Check out the article, man. Cloudouters.com. Adam's doing some good stuff there, man. It's making some points. You got to look them at, check them out. But, um, yeah, man. I'm going to win that one, too. So let's just move on. Uh, the next name, tight end. Man, I'm going with a guy that I picked up in a bunch of leagues like two weeks ago. I like the guy, man. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going with Doyle. My boy Doyle at tight end. There's nobody you could pick to beat Doyle, but go ahead and give it your best shot. Oh, man, Jack Doyle. He, uh, he's he been a savior for me. I, I lost Zach Ertz in the Scott Fishbowl and picked up Jack Doyle and have been so happy. Yeah, I'm not uh, even, even going to talk stats. I'm not going to talk matchups. <laughs> I, I, I just say the name, and it's like Chuck Norris or something. You know what's up. Exactly. Jack Doyle, come on, guys, <laughs> get on, get with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's another guy who, uh, again, you're picking another Colt in this, you know, travel to London game. Which I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't know you, man. Strategy, but uh, we'll we'll see if it pays off for you. Maybe I'm wrong in fading that game. But uh, I went ahead and decided to handcuff your quarterback a little bit, and I picked Zach Miller. Um, Zach Miller has the easiest matchup ever against the Detroit Lions this week. I think it's kind of astounding if you look at what the Lions have given up uh, as far as the tight ends in the first three weeks here. They've given up five touchdowns in the first three weeks, which is just ridiculous. They've given up a touchdown every single week to the tight end position, and I don't think this week's going to be any different. Uh, Last week, Hoyer showed that Zach Miller is his favorite target on that offense. I think that'll probably shift down a little bit, but I think that he's still going to be one of the more targeted players on that team. Hopefully they're able to get Jeffrey more involved this week because he really wasn't a factor last week for that offense. But uh, yeah, I think Miller is still going to be a big target share guy. And furthermore, I think in the red zone, the Dol- or, I'm sorry, the Lions just do not know how to cover tight ends and, and he'll have a big opportunity to uh, 
to catch one if if you know if the bears find their way into the red zone once or twice you guys do see what adam's trying to do here right he's like all right listen if i lose the hoyer one it's because hoyer threw the bottom miller and so he's trying to to you know one up me here saying if i lose the quarterback one i'll win the tight end one and kind of cancel each other out i see what you're doing man Oh man! Can you tell? I'm going for the clean sweep. Yeah, See, I took, okay. took Crowell so that when Hoyer doesn't score any of the touchdowns, they're going to Crowell. <laughs> You've got Pryor, so that's going to negate it right there. I went with Simeon and Sanders, so they could pair up against you with Hoyer and Pryor. And any of Hoyer's touchdowns that he does throw are going to go to Miller, and he'll beat Doyle. So, uh, who you got in the last matchup? Dude. You can maybe win one. There's no halftime stuff. Is fun, man. I like this. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because you you take all the the challenges that are out there that you know the five dollar challenges, ten dollar, whatever it is. But then when you do stuff like this and you play five games against somebody you know and you just try to see who can hold the best record, even if they're free challenges, it's still fun. Um, but like you said, the flex may be my thing. And what I'm doing here in my flex, man, is my boy caught zero catches last week. My boy had one target last week it doesn't even make sense none of the math none of the stats nothing makes sense i'm bigging up my boy benjamin today i'm supporting him man i'm standing behind my guy and i'm putting him in my flex spot and i don't care who you put because they're not going to beat my boy benjamin unless you have somebody better do you have anyone better than benjamin Ooh, uh you know I, uh, I'm going really high upside here, a uh, guy we've talked about a little bit, and uh, I think that uh, he he has the opportunity, if he has a big week, to to upset Benjamin, and I, I'm going with Stefan Diggs. Oh, man. A guy, yeah, a guy that I like, too, fun. man. It'll be fun. Another fun week. All right. Right now, we're sitting three and two. I've got a little edge on you, so uh, it'll be interesting to see where things stand after week four. Man. We're gonna see who reigns supreme, bro. This is this is a week. This week is important to me, man, because I don't want to fall too far behind. Because then I'm gonna, know, then I'm gonna start getting crazy with you. Anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start doing kickers in my flex spot. I'm gonna start really throwing the the book at you then. Hey, man, if you would have picked Mike Nugent, you might have oh, done man. Better. No, I, I could have picked Mike Nugent against a quarterback right now and won. <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually quite possible <laughs> all right man well that's it for the no halftime challenges the last thing i want to get to really quick my favorite part of the show foul or no foul um this week man i got all kinds of questions for you um i got five of my favorite ones and and, and they're not all fancy football they're not even all football just to kind of throw a real twist at you because we haven't really done too many non-football ones together so i want to see where you go are you ready for foul or no foul Oh, for sure, man. Let's do this. All right, let's go. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. So the first foul or no foul. First, I got to preface it by saying, did you see any of the Jalen Ramsey, Steve Smith stuff? Uh, No, actually, I did not. Okay. I'm not. I'm not aware. All right, so Jalen Ramsey was obviously playing against. He's a Jaguar cornerback, rookie cornerback, and he played against the Ravens last week. Him and Steve Smith um, had some, you know, some some talking back and forth on the field um before you know during the game after the game um even after the game you know in the locker room they were asking Ramsey about you know what was going on and he kind of had some you know some choice words for Steve Smith saying you know he's an old man um you know um he's not going to respect him as a man all that kind of stuff and that he shut him down in the field um but I guess he felt that Steve Smith was talking a lot of you know a lot of shit basically and you know he wasn't going to have it so he doesn't respect him for that um and then Steve Smith obviously feels disrespected of course because this young buck is, is talking crazy to him so with that being said Jalen Ramsey is a rookie and the statement is 
Jalen Ramsey was wrong for disrespecting Steve Smith, the veteran, possible future Hall of Fame, right? I mean, I guess you could put him in the conversation. Um, it, so basically, even, even if you don't, even if you take the names out, a rookie is wrong for disrespecting a veteran um, with, with a presence like Steve Smith, foul or no foul. No foul. Are you kidding me? They're not on the same team. It doesn't matter. That whole rookie like has to respect the veteran thing that that's on your own team. And and I think that there is definitely some credence to that. But as far as if you're, you know, facing off against each other, I mean, why does she have her cornerback battles or something that I think is one of the most fierce things in sports. And these guys are supposed to get into each other's heads. And, you know, Steve Smith is known as a trash talker. He's known as a guy who's going to, you know, push you. He's going to treat you rough and, if uh, you know, if they got into a little bit of a squabble over it and had some choice words for each other, that's you know all part of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Respect your elders, but to a certain extent, you know what I mean. There's always a line you gotta draw, especially if we're competing with each other. Man, all bets are off, man. What do they say? All is fair in love and war, right? So exactly. That's what this is. All right. So I, I, I liked your answer, man. I wanted to hear that. I was thought you were gonna, you know, I didn't want you to go the other route, but like, man, he's he's gotta respect him. You know, <laughs> but there are some people who believe that. All right. So the next question, the next question, and this is totally off football. I just go. I'm just throwing this at you. Not saying "bless you" after someone sneezes is rude. Foul or no foul? Oh man, uh, I, <laughs> I'm gonna say no foul. I, I think it is a little rude, man. I I do. I I don't know. I was I was raised in a family that like everybody is very very cordial and very courteous and i i don't know i just i'm always the type that i i try and say bless you when someone sneezes you know i try and hold the door for people just do things that you know you'd want someone to do for you and uh i think that uh you know it might get a little bit overblown if you forget to say bless you once or twice. Who really gives a shit? Like, let's be real. Like if you're the type of person who's going to overreact because I didn't say God bless you, like maybe you've got some things you need to check out in your own life. But uh, ultimately, you know, it's, it's a nice courteous thing to do for each other. And and it just shows somebody you care in a little way. Yeah, I, I agree again. You know, the time this comes up the most is like, especially if you're at work or you're at a place where there's a lot of people around and then like someone sneezes and like no one says it and you're like okay I guess I need to say this cuz like someone's got to say it you know what I mean like it just <laughs> it just seems like I have to do it you know what I mean so I, I agree with you though you know it doesn't hurt you to just say it and just kind of you know go along with the being uh, nice and courteous you know what I mean but it's just, it just seems kind of sometimes when you think about it it just seems silly like it's really, it's really doing nothing like why am I saying this but it's just one of those things you just do right on the same topic where did gazoon hype go like yeah. that used to be said, right? <laughs> it's, not, it's not even used, man. It's not even used. I know exactly. I don't know, man. Everybody goes straight to God. And, 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 yeah, and, and the reason for that, I think, going back, like God bless you, that was like because people thought you were like sneezing out demons or something, right? Or like out bad stuff or something. I I think that it was more that you know when people sneeze, it's a sign of having a cold. And oh, so they're just saying like God for, bless you, for, make you feel better. Well, yeah. Well, no, actually, for a long period of time, that was a death sentence. Oh, like, yeah, that's true. You have that's a cold, true. you're going to die. <laughs> that's so, true. So, God bless you. I hope that your soul, you know, goes on to the eternal afterlife. Oh, and, man, that's so dark. Know, exactly. That is right. so dark. I'm never saying oh, God bless you to anybody ever again. Yeah, that's don't, so dark, don't look, man. Don't look into the history of Ring Around the Road. <laughs> oh, Pop- God. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm so Googling that as soon as we're done. Oh, uh, dude. It, it'll destroy your childhood. Oh, don't tell me that. I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it for sure. And then we're going to talk about it on the next episode. Um, the next foul or no foul. 
I don't know if you if you even care about politics, if you watch the presidential debates, but that's what this is about. Um, the presidential debate was it last Monday, right? This Monday that just passed. Yeah, this Monday. Okay, presidential debate last Monday had harder hits than Monday Night Football. Foul or no foul? Harder hits. Um, because they were just slamming each other, man. I, I'm I'm gonna say foul. Um. The presidential debates were the equivalent of uh, when a six-year-old steals a toy from a four-year-old, <laughs> and you're like, you should know better, and they just are like, it was so odd. That was basically what the debate felt like to me. My favorite part of the debate was being on Twitter and getting to see the amazing confirmation bias crossover from fantasy Twitter to politic Twitter. And that's really all the debates are there for. It's just so everybody can go rah-rah, my team won. And ultimately, it's really a sad state of affairs when those individuals who are running for you know leader of this country and to represent us. And I actually have kind of an interesting situation at my job where i interact with uh international individuals quite often pretty much on like a daily basis and the biggest thing i hear from international uh citizens is that they really don't understand how in the world uh you know first of all trump is running but yeah. really it's like what we're doing in regards to our, our political agenda and like what people in the united states really think because we seem so disengaged in comparison to you know the international uh i guess outlook right but i don't know i mean for myself I, I i don't know i uh i struggle with talking about politics mostly because i have really strong beliefs but they're mostly completely outside of what is atypical for for you know socially acceptable right cast ears to hear <laughs> uh, but yeah as far as hard hits go i mean Man, the only thing that I think people were hitting hard was the liquor cabinet after watching. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I like I said, when it, when it comes to this election, even if you you know you put you know Republican aside, Democratic aside, all that kind of stuff aside, man, the craziest thing for me is we have like three hundred million people in this country or something like that, and those are our options. Just it's kind of crazy, man. I'll leave it at yeah. that. That says enough. <laughs> there, I think there are more people voting against candidates than for candidates. Yeah. Ever it's, before. It's crazy, man. We'll see how it uh plays out, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the next candidate need two more citizens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's how I'm looking at it, man. I have two more to throw at you before we end this thing. Um the, the this is another um football one, fancy football in a sense, I guess. Yeah, football, fancy football both. Um the statement is I want a fantasy championship over my favorite team win an actual Super Bowl championship, foul or no foul? What's the league? <laughs> Let's say Scott <laughs> Fishbowl. Oh, no, no, no foul. No foul whatsoever. <laughs> like, really, though, I mean, because, I, I, you know, I, I have my home leagues that, you know, are whatever. Like, I, I'd probably rather see the Bears win a Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, it's always fun to, to win a home league and get to, you know, reign supreme over your you know your friends or people who you know who you see every year at drafts and you know that that's fun and all but uh if you're putting money in my pocket and it's something like winning the nffc cutline championship which i'm in uh that has a seventy-five thousand dollars first prize so Damn. i'm gonna take that i'm gonna take that every day the bears the bears i don't even care they, they could win the super bowl three years in a row and i would not 
trade that for $75,000. Because yeah, that's to me, that's life changing money that would change my life. And so when I have the opportunity to win a prize pool that could change my life, that that matters so much more. And, And I think that anybody who said otherwise would just be being naive, because as much as you love your favorite teams, you know, they're gonna impact your life by, you know, giving you this feeling of happiness. But Money is a tool, and it's an amazing tool that can change your life in, in really powerful ways. So, you know, fantasy is connected to that. There are leagues out there that do reward really big prizes. Or in turn, if you're just doing something like daily and can win the Millie Maker and win a yeah. million dollars. I mean, these are life-changing events that can occur. And I don't think that there's any, you know, person who could win the Millie Maker or who won the Millie Maker who's like, oh, I'd trade this all in if my team could just win a Super Bowl. Exactly. Like, yeah, right. Even when the Scott Fishbowl is cool, even if you got no money. I mean, it's just like just the recognition that comes along with it. You know, all these guys that you beat, like how often can you say something like that? You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. even I mean, just something like that is cool. I think, honestly, and I've thought this before, regardless of who it is, if, if any fan wins the Scott Fishbowl, I think that the notoriety that's going to come along with that, if they want it, it's going to be gigantic. And really to any, you know, one in the industry, it's going to be a huge bragging rights thing to begin with. So I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, just the Scott Fishbowl in itself is is one of those situations where there's so much that goes along with winning that, you know, it's just not winning another league. There's so much notoriety that goes along with it. The prizes that go along with it are yeah. insane. And, you know, having that in turn for, you know, your team winning the Super Bowl, I don't know. I'd take it. Yeah, I'd take it probably too. Even though I would love to see a Raiders championship, man. <laughs> You're be, closest to my Bears are. I'll be happy and sad at the same time. Well, just give me both, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the last foul or no foul I want to throw at you before we end it tonight. You know, you actually mentioned um, this. I think the first time we had, did a podcast, I think it was episode 42. So I'm going to throw this foul or no foul at you. Lost was the best TV show ever. Foul or no foul. Oh, man. <laughs> Foul. The ending of that show is so terrible. You can't say that. It's just not even fair. Um, the first five seasons of Lost were the best storytelling that I've ever experienced through the television mean. So if it, um, so if it ended there, you might put it there. Top show ever. But Maybe. Yeah, the, maybe. The ending just um, messed it they, up. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't have any way to wrap it up in a way that made sense. Uh, and the way that they did it was just terrible. The entire sixth season, to me, just deserves to be burned. It just, it's a waste. Um, you know, hats off to the creators of the show. They made an amazing run. It was one of those shows that captivated me every single week. I don't think I've ever talked about a show more than I talked about Lost while it was on. And there was something really beautiful about that. Uh, the amazing, you know, conversations that i had with my friends theorizing the uh you know the community that i created uh because i was in college at the time so the community of people that you know ended up gravitating just because we all watched the same show was so so cool uh and that's something i have never experienced since but uh but that being said i I think that there are shows out there that ended a little bit better that that i like a little bit more and there's some shows airing right now that i find a little bit more interesting than i did with with lost and if they're able to end in a better way will probably be better than lost in my mind but man was it an amazing ride it was was a fun show man it was a good show and and like you said the ending was like the the the, you know the where they dropped the ball if you had to pick one would you you have one that just stands out over all of them or is there just kind of a a bunch of them that just kind of you know sit above Um, it 
Yeah, I mean, there, there's a few different shows out there. Um, one that I recommend to just about everybody uh, is a show that I feel like not nearly enough people are watching, and that's a show called The 100. Uh, it's a sci-fi series that uh, is actually, I believe it's on the WB. Uh, I watch most of my stuff online, so I can't recall for sure. But uh, but yeah, The 100 is a really, really awesome sci-fi series that uh, reminded me of Lost in a lot of ways of like creating these interesting mysteries. But the thing that I like about The 100 that Lost didn't do is it has answered the mysteries throughout. And, and through each answer, it, it reveals more questions. Whereas with Lost, it felt like it was just like, we're going to create a thousand questions and <laughs> eh, we don't need to answer them because like, the fun is the mystery. And we're like, but this is why we've been watching. We we thought you guys had the answers. We're like, wait, we don't have the answers. Do you have the answers? We, we don't have the answers. And, you know, they're just like, all right, well, let's just uh, call it magic water. There was some magic water lava stuff that uh, healed everybody. And, and everyone's in purgatory, even though we told you for like six seasons they weren't in purgatory. <laughs> no, it's not purgatory. It's like an alternate timeline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, uh, Oh my god. I have friends who like still won't talk to me about Lost because I was the catalyst for them watching it and they are still upset. <laughs> Respect. That's, that's understandable. No. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I, we invested a lot of our lives into that show. But yeah. Yeah, man. If I had to pick one show, it's Game of Thrones, man. I'm oh. I'm a diehard Game of Thrones. Anyone who's been listening to the podcast and watches Game of Thrones know that. Like we actually do like Game of Thrones episodes. Um, during the season, like after each one, we do like a recap episode here at Cloud Dodger. So um, that's probably like, you know, far and above the top one for me. I don't, I don't see how, you know, I can pick anything over it. Um, so that, that's mine, hands down. But there's a lot of shows I've liked, you know, you know, in between now and then. Um, I feel like HBO always does a great job, um, and, and a lot of networks are really kicking it up. Even like stuff like Netflix. I mean, it's bringing a lot of a lot of good stuff. It used to be like TV was dying for a while, but now it seems like TV is almost, you know, outdoing movies. You know, oh, so yeah, for sure. there's tons I've of great that content. For a while now, yeah, television has really started outdoing movies. And uh, my uh, my fire TV take is that uh, uh, Game of Thrones is trash. What? Oh, <laughs> I know. God. Oh, I know. People hate me for it, but uh, j- I j- watch just why? Why? No, I watched the first two seasons of Game of Thrones, and uh, I would fall asleep during episodes. It just wasn't my show. Um, you know, it's one of those shows that has this ridiculous ensemble cast, and I found it very difficult to follow. Um, oh man! You know, I it, it, <laughs> I know I feel bad. People are gonna like hate me on Twitter. I'm gonna get so <laughs> many hate tweets because of this. But uh, but yeah, it's it's just not a show that I've liked, and I understand that I'm in the vast minority in that situation. But uh, but I hold true to my beliefs. As long as it's not one of those situations where you're like, I'm gonna hate this because everybody else likes it. That's that's the only thing I hate when people do stuff like that. But you oh know. no, you gotta give it a try. No, yeah. see, I watched the first two seasons of that show while everybody else was loving it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's been shows like that. I mean, there, there's even shows like I don't know if anybody else freaking watched it. Like, I didn't have many people to talk to about it, but like, I don't know, Boardwalk Empire on HBO. Like, I loved Boardwalk Empire, but like, I feel like nobody really watched it. Like, I didn't have like you know with Game of Thrones and Lost. Like you said, you had these communities, you have message boards, you have websites. Um, but I feel like I didn't have anybody to talk to about Boardwalk Empire. But I, I loved Boardwalk Empire. Like, there's shows like that where you feel like they don't get these communities and all that kind of stuff as strong as you know some of these other shows do. But like, they're really good stuff, you know. Yeah, that's why I gave a shout out to the 100 because I need. I never to even start heard of that. It, so I have anybody to talk to. Exactly. Yeah. 
It's on Netflix. The uh, first season is at least, so check it out. I'm almost like, hey, screw the 100 since you talked about Game of Thrones like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he doesn't like Game of Thrones, then the 100s must be terrible. <laughs> but, I, but I like Lost. No, that's true. So now I'll watch like, the first episode, and then I'll tell you it sucked. But <laughs> but seriously though, yeah, check out the one hundreds, man. And guys, if you don't like if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, don't listen to Adam. At least watch it. Like he said, he watched it for two seasons and fell asleep every episode. But you know, at least give it a chance. I love it. I'm never gonna step down from that. Um so that's it for today, man. I think we covered everything possible. Um, you know, everything possible with this upcoming week with you know, whether it's player values, whether it's the upcoming games, whether it's guys who you want to start or sit, see the beauty in, you know, fancy trade blackjack, the no halftime stuff, the file or no foul is we're covering everything without actually covering everything um, in the standard way. <laughs> so I always, you know, have fun doing that. Um, and you obviously, you know, kill it, man, with the awesome, you know, information. So um, as always, though, man, let people know, you know, the article by the time they hear this episode, the article may or should be up. Um, so just let them know, you know, what to check out, where to find it. Of course, as always, where to find you and stuff like that, especially if they want to argue about Game of Thrones with you. For sure, guys. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at the other FF guy. Always happy to have conversations on there and get trolled about how uh, Game of Thrones is uh, not the goat. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, as far as uh, my article series targeting targets on clockdodgers.com, I'll have week four coming out probably by the time this podcast is out. It will already be up there. So please give that a read. Always respect and, you know, want to hear everybody's feedback on that. And uh, yeah, good luck in next week. And uh, I uh, hope you do well in all your leagues now and lose in all your no halftime. <laughs> Damn, all of my no halftime or just my no halftimes with you? No, I'm just going across okay. the entire platform all right. now. <laughs> all right, yeah, just the whole platform. Okay, and and if anybody listening has you know foul or no fouls that they want to hear us answer, uh, fantasy trade, you know, blackjack ideas, um, no halftime, you know, situations that they have, um, feel free to hit us up, man. You got Adam's uh, Twitter and everything. You got obviously on Twitter at Clock Dodgers. Um, you can email us clockdodgers at gmail.com or you know just go to clockdodgers.com. All the different articles are there. You can just leave comments under the articles and we can see what you're saying from there. So um, reach out to us, guys. We love the interaction. Adam, another great episode in the books, and we did it in one shot. I'm proud of us, man. I am too. Well, I'm man. not proud of just us. I'm proud of the technology that that lasted out that lasted with us. Haven't you hit save yet? <laughs> I haven't hit save, so you're you know I shouldn't really say that. Oh, we're so jinxed. <laughs> I don't want. I don't, oh man, this is bad. <laughs> but maybe it's for the best because I don't. I don't want the Game of Thrones slander out there anyway. So. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you have a good night, man. Yeah, you too, man. Later. That's another great episode in the book, guys. I appreciate you guys on this ride with us. We hope we've been helping you a lot here. Um, you know, so far, I know we're not too far into the season, but hopefully you've been taking some of our advice, whether it's trades, waivers, start and sit, any of that kind of stuff. I hope some of our insight has helped you guys out here. Big shout out to Adam. His Target and Targets article is amazing, guys. I'm telling you, you got to check it out. You got Josh's article for the DST tight end and QB streamers. We got um, Adam Drury. He's, he's breaking down game film. 
on the uh, on clockdodgers.com. So if you guys have um, specific players, specific matchups that you want him to break down, s- send it out to him, guys. Hit him up on the Fancy Life app. Hit him up on Twitter and let him know. Or just hit us up if it's easier. You know, you already have us at Clock Dodgers. Just hit us up um, and we'll get it on. To, we'll get it over to him. But um, clockdodgers.com, he dropped that as well. We got Eddie with the split tens. My Raiders still ain't in it. You know, it's becoming a personal personal thing for me now. I'm getting a little upset. No, I'm just kidding. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve it yet, man. It's not easy to get into the top five of Eddie's split. Eddie's 10 split. Whoa, Eddie NFL split 10s. Man, that's a... Let's just act like that never happened, guys. Um, but seriously, guys, ClockDodgers.com has a lot of unique content that you have to check out. I mean, that, that's the big thing. I know we all got places that we go, websites that we go to, um, you know, things like that. But you have to check out ClockDodgers.com because you're going to get a little edge on your opponents who aren't using that, on your league mates who aren't using that. Um, same thing with the ClockDodgers podcast. You're getting a little bit different than what you're getting on the other podcast because we don't do it exactly like them. Um, we don't talk about stuff exactly like them. Yeah, I mean, we, we do it differently. And so that's what makes it special. That's what makes you guys a special part of this family because you guys interact with us and give us a lot of this stuff to talk about, a lot of stuff that's floating around that maybe needs to be answered, that needs to be discussed. That's what we're here for. Um, so hit us up at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, you know, the email is clockdodgers at gmail.com. Reach out to us. It's crucial, guys. Um, also, I'm going to have a contest soon for reviews on iTunes. It's going to last probably a week or two. And then I'm going to randomly pick people who left reviews on iTunes um, and send them out, you know, some cool things. Maybe a stick, maybe a sticker or two, maybe a wrist, Clot Dodgers wristband. Um, you know, might have some other stuff then by then too. So we'll see. Um, but I'm going to kick that off soon. I'll give you an official start date so you know when to, uh, you know, tell everybody to start leaving those reviews. But even if you've left one in the past, um, you'll be included. So that you're not forgetting about you guys who already, uh, who already left reviews. This isn't like one of those... Um, cable networks or something who give you you know customer service where like all the new customers get special deals but if you're old and you've been with them forever you don't get nothing no nah, that's not what this is so um it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a review contest though maybe i'll just pick random names out of there whoever leaves the coolest review the funniest review something like that um but you know guys who have already left reviews are included in that of course um be on the lookout for lots of new stuff guys i promise you it's it's only getting better only because only listen the cloud dodger family is strong the force is strong with y'all, man. You guys are a, a huge part of this. So let's just keep riding this out together. As always, suggestions, feedback, comments, always welcomed. Always welcomed at Clock Dodgers HR. Send those things our way. We love you guys. We wish you the best. Make somebody smile today. And good luck in week four. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to stop by clockdodgers.com and follow us on Twitter.